0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it, or you think you do, the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money
1: Our next guest, Lisa, I said to him, I said, you know, what do you think? He says, I'm not coming on again until the tots are in first place. So, you know, it
0: worked out well. Well, fantastic. Congratulations, (laughs) Stephen Major, Global Head of Fixed Income Research at HSBC. And really, I am so glad to speak with you. We're at a time of an incredible bond bear market. You've been bullish. How can you reconfirm that, reaffirm that at a time we don't really understand why the sell-off has been so severe. Yeah, there's there's been a capitulation. So there'll be people like me, but people with skin in the game, people who are actually long of bonds who have had to to cut the position. That could be for risk management considerations. It could be because clients are taking their money out and they're having to respond to that. So I think there's a capitulation. There's evidence of capitulation in the way the term premium moved. So it's the back end. that's where the action is. And I think there's a lot more uh, safety in the front end right now. You can see uh, twos are behaving differently. Maybe for the first time this year, twos have become safe. And I think the mantra has been don't touch the twos all year because you would have been going against the Fed. If the Fed's done now, more or less, then you're fairly safe entering twos. And that's how the bond market can start to perform better. Money will creep up from the front. That's why people are leaving the back end alone at the moment. There's a lot there to unpack. I just want to go to the whole capitulation story. Yeah, yeah. You said there are signs of capitulation. Where? Who is selling so aggressively well, at a time when a lot of people are saying it's a buyer strike? Yeah, I think it's probably real money. And, and there's, there's this game in fixed income about discussing the marginal buyer and seller. The truth is you never know till afterwards. Right? This, the bond market is fairly sophisticated, but you don't know the buyers until after it happened. You can see the supply <laughs> coming because it's published, but you don't know who, who actually bought. There's a lot of of who's going to buy, right? It's, it seems to me the marginal buyer has to be domestic. So it has to be here in the US because the official sector overseas is not sponsoring the market as it was before. Mm-hmm. The private sector isn't picking up enough. So it has to be inside here. Now, 70% of treasuries are held in the US. Of course, the Fed's a big part of that. But, but, the, but the, the, the story is it has to be here. It's probably not the banks, uh, real money has already taken long positions and may be adjusting. So it has to go into retail, it has to go, it has to, go to, to small investors, it has to go to those who are in equities, so big investors on a multi-asset basis. So people coming out of stocks into bonds, people going from cash into bonds. That's where the marginal buy right. is.
1: The great fear here, Steve Major is what I call the Whalen silence. Chris Whalen with this wonderful one volume of America financial history, where in the bond market you're trying to do something and all of a sudden on the other end of the phone, whether it's the 18th, yeah. 19th, 20th century, yeah. there's silence. Are we anywhere near that?
0: Yeah, well, th- that's a really good point because it does seem that there's been a bit of a buyer's strike. And yeah. so the evidence for that is in the auctions. You look at the cover ratios, so how many people showed up to buy mm-hmm. the bonds at the auction. There's less there, especially in the long end, the 10 and <coughs> the 30-year paper. But it's it, it gets to the point where the value is just too too obvious. You've mentioned real yield several times in, right. in, in the sh- on the show. And, and, but when the real yield is comfortably above the trend GDP rate, the actual trend GDP and the projected trend GDP, then you're pretty covered. So the inflation piece is locked when the real yield is above the trend GDP. You're not going to go too far wrong. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, today it's free money, but it's just that you'll look back in six months' time right. and you should be happy right. with the investment you made today. 700
1: pages at the IMF, the blue book, the green book, the red book, uh, Gurgieva says she's going to print a copy just for me so I can read it. <laughs> the one appendix I read was Tobias Adrian yeah. Fasovic. Uh, f- uh, instability, liquidity, and solvency. Yes. Does Steve Major have liquidity and solvency issues as written yeah. in his appendix?
0: Forget the solvency. The the U.S. is going to pay its bonds. The the, the the idea that you have a ratings issue and that ratings explain the yield shift. So what about liquidity? Liquidity. Now this is the the price of getting stuff done in plain English. Right. That's what liquidity is. Uh, so uh, when the market is illiquid, it's more difficult to get a. Big trade done, so you have to pay a bigger bid-offer spread. That's, that's my simplistic, uh, plain English explanation. Uh, there is a liquidity issue right now because the banks aren't prepared to hold big inventory. The intermediaries are just not there. And and liquidity and risk premium tend to move together. So if, if we have an illiquid market, then the risk premium goes up, and that's your term premium and the higher yield in the long end. That's what's happening right now. I look back at this, and I think you've got record moves in the term premium, even back to 2013. And don't forget the context important here, Tom and Lisa. Back in 2013, the taper tantrum was like the main thing that happened. Now you've had a two-year bear market going into a three-year bear market. So rates moved up a lot. Then the term premium flipped. You didn't have that back in 2013. So you you really are entering a a good level of yield at the moment. Given the fact that you think that we're at a good level of yields, how do you sort of lean into the front end and not the back end, right? Why aren't you just going all in on the 10-year? Let me be absolutely clear. I think that investors who want to buy bonds for the first time, who are rather rather shy, can creep into the two years out of a money market product and they're not (coughs) gonna lose a lot of money, if any. Mm. You're, you're, you're safe in the twos. So if you're shy and you're going into bonds for the first time, you're, you're safe in twos. Then you creep up to threes. Right. Now, for, for me, if I'm making a call for the next six months, of course I buy tens or thirties because I'm going to look back in six months' time and think that the yield's fallen 100 points. Where is it going, though, at the end of the year? Well, our forecast is three and a half. We're running out of weeks and, mo- and months, of course. Right. But three and a half could be the right number yeah. in six months' time. So it's, I don't think we've got the directional call wrong here. I think I think it, yields will be lower. It's just that maybe our timing could be off.
1: Yeah, it's the same as i like, guessing if West Ham's going to do well or not. <laughs> We're running out of time. Steve Major, <laughs> one final question on the real yield. Josh Chang, JP Morgan, on stage in Morocco said she's modeling out a 2.5% inflation-adjusted yield. That took me back. That seeming was elevated. Take yeah. your nominal lower-yield call and squeeze it into a real-rate call.
0: Yeah, so the 2% inflation is locked. If there's one thing that's come through all of this is that inflation targeting is credible. The 2% inflation has not been, been challenged in the break-even forwards. So for me, for me it's all about real yield. 25 is just way above trend. Therefore, we, we can take 100 basis points off of that. You know, I, I think that a fairer mm-hmm. level for the real yield would be 1.5, not the 2.5 that we're right. trading at at the moment. And by the way, that would still be above 100 over the Fed's R-star measures. So, so you people are saying that the real rate needs to be higher, Well, it's priced okay. as a lot higher. We've got to go. Stephen
1: Major uh, joining us with the Hong Kong Shanghai Banking Corporation. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Necker. And I'm Skip Bronson.